More memories are made when you're there for live NFL action. And when you need tickets, our friends at Ticketmaster have got you covered as the official marketplace of the NFL. Ticketmaster gives you more ways to find your perfect seat. Their interactive seat map gives you 360-degree previews of your section to make sure you have the best view of those pivotal plays. And if your plans change, Ticketmaster gives you more flexibility to sell or transfer your tickets. Plus, mobile tickets make getting in on game day a breeze. You can even customize your Ticketmaster app to rep your team's colors. Find tickets today at Ticketmaster.com slash NFL. The Action Network Podcast. I'm just about that action, boss. Ready? All right, here we go. From the 10, throwing end zone. Spectacular catch. They're saying it's a catch. See, most gamblers, when they go to gamble, they go to win. Oh, my God. That's incredible. Big bank, small bank, I like to make money. All right. That is the ultimate kibosh. You want to bet? <laughs> and we are underway. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Action Network podcast presented by BetMGM. Today, we've got our NFL player projections for week number six. On today's show, we're going to run through our top five at each skill position, discuss players we're especially high and low on this week, and we'll throw out some player props for each position. Here to break it down with me, one of the most accurate fantasy football rankers in the world, the odds maker, Sean Kerner. Sean, great to have you back. I'm glad you're feeling a little bit better, man. Yeah, glad to be back. Hopefully that's it. Uh, you know, this is definitely a scare. I, it would take a lot to knock me out. Um, you know, I didn't have the sniffles. This is a legit situation. Um, glad to be back. I, it was so weird. Like, I, I was kind of out on Sunday just watching games. I wasn't sweating anything. I only <laughs> sweated maybe three plays. The, the only bet I had all week was DJ Moore longest catch over 21 and a half yards <laughs> and he hit on like the third place. So I, I technically didn't, I only sweated three plays, which uh, to be honest was for the best for me this week, but I am grateful to be back doing what I love. So uh, just, I can't wait to finally get back at it. Looking forward to week six and hopefully this is uh, behind me. Yeah, man. I'm just uh, hoping you're doing better and uh, glad yeah. to have you on the pod. And uh, yeah, we held it down for you on uh convince yes. me. I think we went six and zero oh on the, Early slate, I swept for the third week in a row. Nice. I think Simon swept. Um, <laughs> oh no, he went like he he got two out of three, but like it was, we did our thing. So uh, nice. hold it down where you're gone. So now we got to uh, get back to it. Hell yeah, get back to it. Uh, let's start with quarterbacks. Who you got top five for week six? Uh, looks like a pretty standard top five. I got Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, Lamar Jackson, and Tua. Yep, same here. Not, oh, okay. Uh, no real argument there. I thought you were going to tell me, actually, Lamar Jackson's out two weeks or something like that. Like, uh, I think I have <laughs> nah. everything covered, but you never know right now. <laughs> uh, yeah, nah, nah. I mean, I don't know. Do you have Andy Dalton projected for a half a rush attempt? Because he's going to come in and, <laughs> oh, wow. you know, uh, swipe Bryce Young's, you know, quarterback sneaks. But besides that, I think we're good. <laughs> Uh, who you high on? Who you high on this week? Uh, so I'm high on Joe Burrow. Uh, he's back inside my top ten um, because you know he was obviously held back the first four games with that calf injury, but last week was the first time it really it looked like he was closer to 100. 
he was moving around really well. Um, and like I was saying with him, it's not necessarily, he doesn't lean on his legs to generate like rushing stats like a Justin Fields does, but he does, you know, lean on his rushing ability to escape pressure and throw outside the pocket. If you look at his efficiency last year, he was way better when he was throwing outside the pocket. And we just haven't been able to see that this year. He only had 10 pass attempts outside the pocket uh, weeks one through four. Last week, he had five. Uh, so I think that helped a ton. Obviously, he threw for over 300 yards for the first time, threw three touchdowns for the first time. Granted, it was against the Cardinals, but uh, again, he looked really good. This week, he has another plus matchup against the Seahawks. Could get T. Higgins back. So I think uh, I think we can safely say Joe Burrow's back to being a top 10 quarterback. Daniel Jones is just uh, glaring at you when you say plus matchup against the Seahawks. Oh, I know. Yeah, he was the first one to bomb, but maybe that's more of a Daniel Jones indictment than anything. I think so. I, I yeah. Think so. Or the offensive line. Take your pick you, uh, on who to blame. Everything. Just yeah. everything. Everything's broken. Everything's broken in for the Giants. But, uh, yeah, Joe Burrow is – what do you have him? You said you, you didn't, he's your QB 10? He's my QB 10 for now, yeah. But yep, he, he yep, same here. Could go, I, I, again, I think it depends on T. Higgins' status. That really does <laughs> move the needle for Burrow still. So I think if, if Higgins is back, uh, there's a chance he's maybe like QB 9. I, I don't think I could rank him ahead of Justin Herbert yet. But certainly he's back in the top 10. I think last week I had him like outside the top 15. Because how were how we supposed to knew, know he was going to be magically better? <laughs> uh, we, we knew it was going to happen at some point, but it, I was just kind of waiting. It was kind of a wait and see situation until I moved him back up. But I, I saw enough last week to know that it uh, looks like his calf is feeling a lot better. Yeah, he's back. Yeah, he's back to quarterback 10 for me. I, I mean, he's close to Herbert. You know, it's, it's just that, you know, that Dallas defense, I know they got plastered by san francisco but that that seems to be what san francisco's doing to everybody niners are just really good i think that the cowboys are still a very good team this is gonna be a tough matchup but i think the niners are just unstoppable right now your uh last undefeated team (laughs) bet is still alive you're just waiting for the eagles to lose right yeah i mean at this point like uh, when where are the eagles gonna lose have you looked at their schedule they i think they face the niners in like week 11 or 12 so at some point the niners can control that situation but the uh you know the eagles are at the jets um this week like when i was simming this out before the season started i assumed like an aaron Rodgers led jets um so you know they they just really haven't had a tough test yet so this could go you know into like week 10 we'll see i need you to (laughs) add to that bet uh niners to go undefeated because if they oh, beat Philadelphia, yeah, you mean just like, seventeen? Who else are they losing to? You know, maybe I mean Baltimore. I that's a tough one, but like, well, they face the Bengals. Every team in the league right now. They face the Bengals soon, but I think that's at home again. Like all their yeah. tough matchups are at home, so that that yep. helps. <laughs> yeah, and I mean at this point, it's like even if they they had Sam Darnold in there, you don't think they could still <laughs> score like twenty four. You know, it's 20... Kyle Shanahan <laughs> can have anybody uh, thrive in that offense. So, yeah, I mean, they'd still be pretty good. And they have, what, five or six players that are, like, the best at their position. And yeah. they're all healthy right now. So, I was just saying, like, the time to invest in them is, like, early in the season while they're still healthy. So, knock on wood. But, I mean, it seems like every year they're below average in injury luck. And just they're staying healthy right now. So, they're going to be one of the best teams as long as all these studs, these blue chip players, 
can stay healthy. And Brock Purdy just looks amazing in this scheme. Yeah, and we'll talk about him because I got him nice, uh, coming nice. up in uh, in our prop. But uh, I am high on Matthew Stafford. He is my QB7. He's QB12 in uh, expert consensus on Fantasy Pros right now. And going up against this Cardinal defense, uh, you know, you just kind of mentioned it. Not very good. 30th in pass defense DVOA. And Matthew Stafford, you know, quietly second in pass attempts per game at 40.6. Fourth in passing yards per game at just over 290. So I think he's due for some regression because he's just 20th in touchdowns per game at one. And now he's got Cooper Cutback, Puka Nakua, Tutu Atwell, a great top, you know, great top three receiver with, uh, you know, he's still got Higby off the new contract. Kyron Williams can catch the ball out of the backfield. And, you know, this defense for the Rams still isn't great. So I wouldn't be surprised if the Cardinals are still able, you know, to get to 20, 20 plus and, and force the Rams to continue to, uh, to be a high volume pass offense, which they'll probably want to be anyway, just going up yeah. against this bottom three pass defense. But yeah, Matthew Stafford, I, you know, he's, I think he's going to have a really good year, especially now that Cooper Cup is back. I mean, you know, some of the numbers have been a little underwhelming. I think some of it was just bad luck. Like, remember that terrible play sequence in the uh, Monday night game against Cincinnati where they like had like first and goal at the two and it was just like, all these <laughs> terrible play calls. Like, yeah. so I think he's, his touchdowns are going to come back, but I think the yardage now that Cup is back. I mean, Cup is probably going to go for 100-plus every week. <laughs> yeah, and then just... Puka is going to be right there at, like, what, five, five, six catches for 80 a week, too. So uh, I think Stafford's going to be one of these guys in that, like, 280, 290, 300 yard range uh, week in, week out. So love me some Matthew Stafford this week. Yeah, they just looked unstoppable with Cup and Nakua. And they, he still has Tyler Higby and Tutu Atwell if he ever wants to throw to them. But – uh, his his final line was kind of underwhelming, yeah, 220 Eagles. yards, two touchdowns. But w- like when they had the ball, they were really efficient. The problem is they just never had the ball. I'm looking, they had uh, 22 minutes time of possession. Yeah. I mean, just <laughs> anytime the Eagles got it, they would just have like a 10, 15 minute drive, it seemed like. So uh, just the final stat line was definitely misleading. Um, so yeah, like I am high on the Rams offense. Cooper Cup picked up where he left off and... Puka is like a legit number two weapon. So yeah, I'm, I'm high on Stafford as well. Circle week 11 Rams host the Seahawks. That'll be a good oh like, 80 plays for the Rams. In yeah. That game. <laughs> Eight, Seahawks, it's, it's three and outs and explosive plays. That's, that's what the Seahawks yeah, do. Exactly. <laughs> uh, okay. Who are you low on? Uh, so I'm low on Kirk cousins. Um, you know, he, he had really settled in as like a solid QB1 option every week this year. Uh, multiple touchdowns in all five games so far, but uh, looks like he could be without Justin Jefferson for several games now. Um, granted, he, you know, he has talented pass catchers like Hawkinson, Jordan Addison, KJ Osborne, who can step up, but nobody can really replace Justin Jefferson. Um, and, you know, they, they have an easy matchup against the Bears this week, so... You know, Cousins' efficiency will certainly take a hit without Jefferson, but also the Vikings might just become a little bit more run heavy mm-hmm. without Jefferson. They can, you know, they could probably beat the Bears with just a more balanced approach this week. So um, I'm viewing Cousins as more of like a like a high end QB two, uh, at least for this week. But the ECR, you know, the ECR is probably just recycling last week's rank, and that's why he's like QB eight. But again, like. Being without a player like Justin Jefferson does have like a massive impact 
especially on a guy like Kirk Cousins. It's not like he can bail you out with his rushing stats or anything. He's banking on, you know, that massive play volume, the efficiency. So just their their game plan, you know, their their pass rate over expected might just take a hit this week. So that's enough for him to, you know, drop five or six slots and I'd normally have him. So yeah, right now he's my uh, QB 13. Yeah, he is my QB. He's my QB 11, but uh, it's kind of a, a glut of guys that are all yeah, yeah. The point. he's at least in that like before this week he was just it was crazy just you sat it and forget it he's a stud qb1 now he's at least in the mix where you have to like contemplate who's available yeah i think stafford is going to be the new cousins like now that stafford oh yeah back, that's a good you know yeah. yep so if uh i'm sure stafford's not still on anyone's waiver wire but if he right. is i would definitely grab him uh I'm low on Deshaun Watson this week. Uh, he is QB 19 in ECR. I don't. I don't get that. Uh, <laughs> first of all, he he's not even a, a guarantee to play. Second of all, he's got a shoulder injury. Third, he's going against the 49ers. So you know this is that's just a trifecta of negative situations for Deshaun Watson. The, the Niners are six in pass defense DVOA. Um, I don't think you want to touch any any of this Cleveland pass game this week, whether it's Watson, whether it's PJ Walker, who would get the start over Thompson if uh, Watson was out. So yeah, I have Watson. If he plays, I, I would have him QB 29. So, oh shit. Um, <laughs> How the mighty yeah, have fallen. I, Good Lord. I mean, you know, what do you like, what are we expecting to do in this matchup with a bum shoulder? Like hand the ball off. Like he's not even playing. Too, he had, yeah. I mean, he, I, don't, I don't know, but if he takes a hit that, you know, yeah. So Anthony Richardson, you, land the wrong way and it's yep. it's over so yeah i think he's an in-game injury risk even if he plays that's sure. that's another issue let's go prop so for the prop uh, we talked about these two guys briefly cousins brock purdy Ooh. so let's go cousins versus brock purdy passing yards and i'll give you purdy plus 24 and a half oh yeah i thought it was a pick at first oh no yeah i have I'm not going that <laughs> i have cousins <laughs> I have Cousins 20 yards <clears throat> more. I'm like around 260. I have Purdy around 240. So okay. I'll take I'll take the yards here. With Purdy? Okay. Yeah, I'll take yeah, the yards because it's a tough matchup, but it should be close enough where they might just have a more pass-heavy game plan than normal since it might be the rare non-blowout. Well, I guess we'll see. But yeah, that that's a good line. Again, I have it closer to like plus 20. How many uh, passing yards do you have Cousins for? right now uh, two two fifty nine right now oh okay so same yeah and then yeah um, yeah purdy just a little bit lower like 235 actually yeah purdy 246 i just figured i just oh, figured okay. like i figured you like yeah because yeah. it's tough because it's like i feel like there's a the median but like the ceiling for cousins is still high because it's still the bears you know so it's like, yeah it's a tough line to set i thought it, i just thought it'd be fun to kind is of there, talk is there to like two guys yeah, no, the, I it's a it's a good line. the The one thing I noticed is is there like potential weather in Cleveland? It, this is yes. a time area we have. To, oh, there is. Oh shit! Because I mean, I think around the league there just seems to be wind. Let, let me uh, let me double check. That, usually, cause... this is the time like Cleveland where we'll have like you know four straight Cleveland games where yeah, there's like thirty mile an hour winds. Looks okay. like breezy with a chance of rain. So yep, we don't yep, really that's know both of those games, Bears and Browns oh. games. Okay. Chance of rain and uh, winds upward of 15 mile per hour. So, so okay, so that impacts both technically, potentially. Yeah. 
Yeah, because I noticed that the total was like uh, four or five points lower than I thought it'd be. 37 and a half. Yeah, I think it was a, it was around 41 and a half. And then it, I think that it, there's just speculation that Watson may sit. I think that's why the total is sitting there right. at 37 and a half as we record this on uh, Tuesday. I think if Watson is, you know, if he gets like full practices or, you know, he's, you know, locked in as a starter, I think that, I think it'll go back up to yeah. 40-ish. That's what I thought. Just like a few points though, but it, it seemed just a little low. Uh, th- just the Niners offense just looks unstoppable. So despite the tough matchup, I thought they're still good for, you know, 25 plus points. 30. I mean, if it's been any yeah. indication of you know <laughs> what they've been doing week in, week out. Uh, you know what everyone loves, Sean? And that's compliments. Compliments are guaranteed after making the leap to skincare with Caldera Lab. And I'm talking about how you look today and 20 years from now. The results are incredible in little time. Men's skincare and Caldera Lab are the perfect pair for you to look good and feel your best. Super easy to add to your morning and nightly routine. Queer skin, less wrinkles, and signs of aging, enough said. Caldera Lab Skincare, join the other 100,000 men who trust Caldera Lab to show your best first impression this fall. Now, Caldera Lab knows the skincare world is heavily female-driven and has long been the wild, wild west for men. That's why they're making the solution simple with just three steps. One, you got the clean slate, which is a face wash to start and end your day. And you got number two, the base layer, which is a daily moisturizer to hydrate your skin. And number three is the good, which is an eye serum you can put on at night to help your skin look tighter and smoother. And just for our audience, we have an exclusive deal. Use code ACTION, A-C-T-I-O-N, at calderalab.com and get 20% off right now. That's 20% off with code ACTION at calderalab.com. Make unforgettable first impressions with Caldera Lab. As a reminder, the Action Network podcast is presented by Bet. MGM use bonus code action when signing up to get up to $1,500 paid back in bonus bets. If your first bet loses for new users in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kentucky, Louisiana, Maryland, Massachusetts, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming terms and conditions apply must be 21 or older gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sean, who you got in your top five at the running back position? Uh, so I have Christian McCaffrey, number one. Then at number two, I have Raheem Mostert. Uh, <laughs> nice. I mean, that, that was it. a fun one to see. That love was it. like when love Ramondre it. Stevenson, uh, I, I updated my projections. He was RB1. I was like, what the? Uh, so, yeah, I looked at, yep, Raheem Mostert's my RB2. Uh, Josh Jacobs, number three. I mean, the the example of volume is king right there. Uh, and then Travis Etienne and Bijan Robinson. I got yeah. I got McCaffrey number one. I got Tony Pollard number two. You didn't even have Pollard in your top five, did you? Yeah. What the hell? Like You're usually, him, I guess. yeah. There's been some shenanigans with the Cowboys game scripts. They're either blowing someone out or getting right. blown out. So like, you, right. <laughs> it's kind of a little. I'm sure. He'll, there. I'm sure he'll end up in my top five. But right now he's not, which is kind of weird. Uh, yeah, so he's number two for me, although coming off a down week, so I, I get it. Um, Travis Etienne, number three, love yeah. the matchup. Uh, he's been, talk about volume. Uh, he's yeah. been, I think, exceeding Ooh. expectations, you know, especially 
considering they keep four backs active these days. He still gets like <laughs> yeah. 20 carries a week. Uh, Jacob's four. And then back to my guy, Kyron Williams at number five. Nice. Still getting enough work uh, and a home favorite matchup. So he's back there. I think Bijan, I think I'm like eight on Bijan. He's he's kind of been, his usage has been tearing off a, a little bit uh, lately. So I'm a little lower on that him. That was always one of the, the known like questionable things with him, but he, he's just yep. so friggin' good. Mm-hmm. Uh, plus you, you have, like I have Tony Pollard right there. Uh, David Montgomery right there. Yep, another one. Austin Eckler right there if he does finally return this week. So just the RB1, I, I, the RB position is solid right now, to put it finally. like I mean, finally, yeah, the exactly. pond is, uh, the frozen pond is <laughs> yeah. melting, I guess. Oh, there's still a pond sitting there, uh, but it doesn't exist in the top <laughs> 12 currently. Taylor? <laughs> oh, my God. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. <laughs> yep. Who uh, you high on? Uh, so, uh, you know, I'm dipping in the frozen pond here. I- I'm going with Roshan Johnson <laughs> um, against the Vikings. Looks like Kill Herbert is definitely going to miss a handful of games. Roshan himself is in the concussion protocol, yeah. so just discussing the Bears' backfield is very tricky to begin the week. Uh, I think just the fact that they played Thursday gives him just an increased chance to at least clear the protocol by then. So right now I have Roshan starting uh, for Herbert. It looked like uh, it was any given week now he was going to leapfrog Herbert, but that just never happened. But now that Herbert's out, he should take over. Um, so I'm guessing he would see, you know, 10 to 15 carries and handle most of the passing down work, which um, heading into the season, I, I didn't think it was going to be valuable at all in this offense, but Fields has been targeting his running backs pretty heavily at the fourth highest rate uh, in the league this year. So, you know, he could rack up a few catches with the increased usage on passing downs. Uh, so, yeah, so Johnson's going to be an RB2 option if he can suit up. If he's not able to suit up, then it'll be Deontay Foreman. Everybody should be adding everywhere right now, just in case. Uh, but either way, it's, it's a pretty good matchup. This is going to be a pretty close game against the Vikings. So Johnson, again, if he can suit up, is going to have a pretty big workload here. Yeah, I got right now. I still got him uh, like pretty much eat splitting the work. But that's because, you know, on, huge, on a short, like a regular week, guys really don't play after a concussion. But with the 10 days, right. uh, there is, I think, an increased chance. But yeah. almost like after Tua, almost no one's playing now with uh, like just a regular one week to. Yeah to recover even if they get back to practice they don't usually end up playing but uh yeah i I like i like that call and uh you know this this bears offense they you mentioned it feels targeting running backs because they're calling so many screen passes these days like you know so uh that uh that could work in johnson's favor he is the better pass catcher than foreman either way they also signed darrington evans off the dolphins practice squad so i'm assuming he's going to be active because when you sign someone off the practice squad that means they're going to be on the active roster yeah. but i think that's the travis homer replace he's hurt too we yeah. got a kari blossom game like eight carries prime for, time. yeah <laughs> eight carries for 20 yards oh, oh shit great um <laughs> yeah i'm i mean i guess i'm not as high as you but i'm high on raheem most i have him rb6 i thought i was high yeah, come on. RB2. I have like a Raybon rank there. Right. Come on, man. <laughs> uh, he's still RB11 in, in ECR. Um, I'm sure that'll that'll go up, but love the matchup. The Carolina Panther defense is dead last in run defense, DVOA. Uh, Mostert, in the two games, Devon Achan did not play. Mostert averaged a 73% snap rate. And then in the three games Achan played, that dropped to 51%. So... Uh, you could see, you know, most at return to starter usage here. I do 
think that Jeff Wilson may return this week. Now, I don't know that he'll get like the workload he was getting last year when him and Mostert were essentially splitting it 50-50. I think, you know, we saw them ease A-Chan in uh, and Wilson's practice window was, you know, he couldn't even practice last week when he was first eligible. So, you know, it's no guarantee that he soups up this week. Uh, and then you got Salvan Ahmed and Chris Brooks behind Mostert. So I think there's a good chance Mostert gets back to that 70 plus percent uh, yeah. snap rate this week. Yeah. And, it's such an easy yeah. matchup too. Like, yeah, uh, I mean, I'll be looking for like the longest rush prop. Uh, you probably couldn't set it high enough for Mozart this week. Like he's ripping off a forty-plus run, right? Yeah, unless the Panthers <laughs> just keep turning it over and he just keeps getting like three-yard touchdowns. True, true. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I love Mozart this week. And another one, Alvin Kamara. I have him RB nine. He's RB twelve in in consensus. And you mentioned it. There's just a ton of good running back options uh, yeah. this week. But Houston is 23rd in run defense DVOA, 28th in DVOA on running back passes. I mean, we saw Bijan get in the end zone through the air last week. And Kamara, you know, quietly 24 and a half touches per game in the two games he's mm. played, 25 and 24. So he's yet to touch the ball less than 24 times. Uh, in a game since returning that that's great news because we haven't seen that kind of usage from Kamara in, in a long time. Rarely did we, cause he was kind of always in a committee. Um, you know, rarely did he get, you know, 20 plus touches. So it's nice to see that. So got him in, uh, in my top 10 as well. Nice. Uh, who you on? Uh, I'm low on Jerome Ford. Um, obviously, you know, this is just a brutal matchup against the Niners, but there, there was some concern with his workload. Um, Heading into the week five by like week four, we saw Kareem Hunt and Pierre Strong really start to eat in his early down work, including short yardage work. They didn't really have any goal line snaps in that game, but there's a chance that it could have been Hunt or Pierre Strong even that was like handling goal line duties. This could be devolving into like a two, three way committee. Um, but just the fact that they're well, and Ford was still dominating the the passing down usage, but the fact that they're coming out of the bye means that like cream hunt might be more involved coming out of the bye you know like he's been getting up to speed getting his conditioning back we could see him start to eat into ford's uh passing down usage so i'd be very careful with him this week just with the tough matchup in general but kind of wait and see how this is gonna you know sort itself out after the bye but yeah i have ford as more of like a dicey rb3 flex option this week and if all looks well if, if his usage is back to where it was you know weeks two through four then he could be more of an RB2 option going forward. But just this week specifically, uh, I'd be very cautious with uh, Jerome Ford. Yeah, there's a lot of ways, you know, it could go wrong. Um, you know, the game script. You know, and then, yeah. like you mentioned, guys were kind of just mixing in with him even, you know, when the game wasn't necessarily out of hand. So, yeah, there, I, I have him. Uh, I have him. Yeah, I have, just, I have him just outside the top 24. So, I'm 25th. Yeah. Um, but yeah, not feeling great about him in this in this tough matchup. Uh, I'm low on. So we mentioned all these RB one caliber plays this week. You know one we didn't talk about? Derek. Oh no, Henry. you're going there. Oh no, <laughs> yeah, I'm going there. He's on RB sixteen. Um, yeah, and you know that I think that's just because it's a pretty good week for running backs. Uh, and Henry, he just hasn't quite been getting the usage that. Um, we're accustomed to in the past. 17.2 carries per game is great for most backs, but it's his lowest since 2018. Uh, he's also averaging a career low 3.8 yards per carry. 
uh, Ty J Spears is mixing in on a lot of the passing downs uh, these days. And uh, you're facing a Baltimore run defense that's number six in DVOA and number four on running back passes, you know, so it's, it's really, it's a tough matchup for backfields as is. Uh, the Titans are underdogs. They usually play well as underdogs, so it's not necessarily game script that I'm worried about, but, you know, you're getting 17 carries and, you know, you're lucky to get, you know, one, maybe two catches, but yeah. it's just not the same, you know, like the, I don't think the, the, the ceiling is, you know, 28, 30 carries anymore the way it used no. to be, the way um Spears is kind of rotating in. So um, in, in a tough matchup like this with a low total, London, you know, wonky things could happen with body clocks and whatnot. So, oh, true. Um, you know, just a lot of guys I like rather play uh, this week than King Henry. So, yeah, got him RB16. He's still in the top 10 in ECR. Oh, really? Yeah, I just noticed I have Marby 15, but yeah, um, I mean, I remember going into the season, like, he's obviously going to decline soon. And, like, I'd always visualize what would that look like when you really see signs he's declining. And there was a carry this week where I think they were on like the five yard line or something. He got like a pitch play and he just got caught from behind and just fell down. Like those are the kind of players <laughs> I visualize Henry, how he'd look like when he's, you know, really starting to fall off. And like that kind of play would never happen back in the day. It would just either outrun him or just, it would take a lot more contact to bring him down, but he just looks like he's definitely declining. And he's also, you know, seeing his, snaps just you know really get cut into with uh tajay spears so it's like all of the things i was kind of worried about his decline have been happening this year so yeah it's uh sad to see because he's one of my favorite fancy backs of all time but yeah he's more of like a mid-range rb2 right now yeah at least for this week i mean you know he looked pretty good against cincinnati don't get me wrong it's just He'll in this matchup moments, like, yeah. it's, it's a it's a tough one it's a really yeah. tough one uh, okay, so what do you got for the prop? <laughs> oh, this is going to be a fun one because I don't know the answer to this. Um, who will have more rushing yards this week, Jonathan Taylor or Zach Moss? <laughs> Whew. Uh, are we getting, <laughs> am I getting 0.5 plus 0.5? No, it's just, it's just, yeah, well, it's a pick like, If they tie, we want to, we want, oh, we, we uh, want I'll, I'll make Jonathan Taylor the favorite. Uh, minus okay. a half yard for Jonathan Taylor. So if they tie, Moss yeah. wins. Uh, I'll go Moss. Uh, you know, I mean, wow. there was a pretty big <laughs> discrepancy last week in the in the carries, and I know it was Taylor's first game, but you know, Moss also outplayed him, and they did say they're going to kind of ramp Taylor up over the next month. I don't know exactly what that looks like, but it's it's kind of hilarious to me because you know the Colts they they were like like Ursay has just been he makes that organization he can just pulls it he just drags it down sometimes, but I feel like. Steichen has been is better than expected. Like things are kind of on track, and like not paying a running back big money is actually a smart move. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, oh, so, and then right. out of nowhere, they just pay the guy, and then like, of course, you get just like <laughs> smacked in the face by the the guy you traded. What, like a late round pick, or was it Naeem Hines? Did they even trade a pick? Or was it just Naeem Hines for Moss? Or, yeah. Like, yeah. It's like this cheap guy yeah, it was completely <laughs> outplays Taylor to the point. I forgot Taylor was active by the, by, <laughs> by like the third quarter. Cause it was just Moss yeah. all day. Like, so I, I don't know how you, I don't know how you give him fewer carries than Taylor. 
at this point. Like, I think you, I think after that game last week, I doubt it's a great Titan Rundy. I know Jeffrey Simmons got banged up, but still, great still. Titan Rundy. Um, so I think Moss is the favorite for carries for at least one more week, and thus mm-hmm. uh, got to make him the favorite for uh, for yards as well. So yeah, I'll go with Zach Moss. It's crazy to think half. about, but yeah, they they actually end up paying Taylor, and then Zach Moss looks like prime Derrick Henry the following just right not good for the running back market <laughs> those kind of things happening but yeah uh I, how many leagues was zach moss on the bench like every league everything yeah I, yeah I, I mean i, I, I assume can't fault people i thought it was gonna be like you know like a 60 40 like i think i had Taylor like 12 carries moss like eight or something you know what i mean like <laughs> i didn't think it was gonna be just moss running just, completely yeah. away with it <laughs> um but like yeah like, i literally forgot that Tara was active yeah. and back by the, like, I, we just didn't see him after a certain point in that yep. game. Um, so that's crazy. So that's like, it's funny that, you know, like they're like, Oh yeah, he's a great back. That's why we paid. It's like, no, you were right the first time. bro. Yeah. Like, that, yeah. Was, that was fancy football at its finest. Come on. We gotta love that. I mean, that was just... Jim Ursay at his finest though. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's like, I mean... forget the fancy implication. It's just hilarious <laughs> to me that like yeah. Taylor was quoted as saying, this is a great deal for running backs. And then immediately his backup, his cheap backup, just <laughs> who's been like a healthy scratch on like his last team, just right. completely runs circles around him. Like he like circles. And, and yep. honestly, Moss has been great all year. So yeah. Uh, and, and last year. Uh, yeah, he was he's great. making so, one million dollars this year. One million dollars, and Tara's making four, forty-two four over year, the next three. Million. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, good job, good job, guys. Yeah. Good job, Colts. <laughs> um, okay, wide receiver. We got top five. Well, I mean, we're missing uh, the goat himself, Justin four Jefferson. So the number yep. one slot is wide open, uh, and I'm giving it to Tyree Kill. Gotcha. Uh, and then Jamar Chase is right there. Then I got Stephon Diggs, who instead of being my wide receiver five every week, he's now my wide receiver three. And then Cooper Cup back in the top five at wide receiver four. And then Devontae Adams at uh, wide receiver five. I got Hill, Chase, Diggs, Cup, and Keenan Allen is my there number go. five over Devontae. Yeah. Uh, Devontae, very slow revenge game. Yeah. Now he's going up against Belichick, so you know I'm, I'm a little, a little worried about, a little worried about Devontae now. Looks like Jacoby Myers, Jacoby Myers revenge game this week too, and oh, Jimmy true. G revenge game. Any, well, it's Gardner Minshew revenge game week too. Ooh, yeah, we got some I good ones. I feel like ones. we've been having a lot of revenge games this year. Yeah, <laughs> is it uh, a Brandon Cooks revenge game? Oh nope. Brandon Cooks. A rare, what, rare week where it's not. He's on every team. Like, yeah. I know, that's what I'm saying. It's a rare week where it's not a Brandon Cooks yeah, revenge yeah, game. Nah. <laughs> uh, okay, <laughs> who are you high on? Uh, well, you know, unfortunately, we're, we're without Justin Jefferson uh, for at least a handful of games, it looks like. Uh, that looks like the fear. But uh, we will get to see, you know, my favorite rookie ty- uh, wide receiver step up this week in Jordan Addison. Um, and you know, he's really been, we've talked about it. Like he's been a fringe wide receiver flex option yeah. all season. Um, just cause he's, he's still behind KJ Osborne uh, in two wide receiver sets anyway. And he's been banking on touchdowns. He's been scoring touchdowns. He has three on the season, but we haven't really been able to confidently rank him or play him as a wide receiver three, but you know, Jefferson out this week, uh, a great matchup against the bears, He's going to see, you know, his routes run rate go up 10, 15% um, this week, replacing basically Justin Jefferson. 
Uh, but he's also going to see a big increase in target share. And while, you know, we were talking about Kirk Cousins' overall passing yards will go down this week, it's still just going to be a massive boost uh, to Jordan Addison. So he's like smack dab in the wide receiver two range. He's my wide receiver 17 this week. So this is the time we've been waiting for for Addison. Again, haven't really had a week where I've been able to say you should fire him up. But this is the week finally where you should absolutely fire him up. Um, as a solid wide receiver two option, at least yeah, at least until Justin Jefferson comes back. Yeah, I got Addison and Adam Thielen back to back in the rankings. How's that for Iron? Wow. <laughs> uh, wow. Yeah, I like Addison this week as well. I'll, I'll have something for you with with the prop uh, on him as well. Nice. Uh, I'm high on Christian Kirk this week, and that's surprising because I feel like he just keeps. Producing, I feel like people would move him up, but he's still twenty wide receiver twenty one in ECR, uh, going against Indianapolis, who plays the most zone in the league. Kirk leads the Jags in targets, yards, yards per route versus zone coverage this year. He's averaging two point two yards per route versus zone, one point six versus man. So uh, he's been better against zone coverage, which makes sense as a guy who you know is going to mm. line up in the slot a ton and do work you know on the inside. Uh, a little more so i think kirk is going to keep on eating him we zay jones just can't that 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 knees just bugging him um left the game again so we'll see his status but uh either way i think kirk's going to continue to be on the field for 90 plus percent uh of the snaps i don't even you know even if zay jones ends up playing it's at this point kirk's just been too good you know so i think he's back in that you know, 90 plus range. I think that week one was just an outlier. Um, they were try, trying something new. Or maybe, you know, sometimes guys, when their snap rates go down, you know, it's like sometimes they just like leave a game with like an injury and like you don't actually, you know, like no, it's not reported on or anything like that. But mm-hmm. I, like that's what it's look, more and more looking like an outlier because every other week, you know, Kirk's been high 80s or, or you know, into the 90s in terms of his, uh, his snap rate. So, yeah, I have him as a top 15 wide receiver this week love the matchup against indianapolis you know the jaguars yeah. don't lose to the Colts in jacksonville they just don't do it so <laughs> right uh, somebody's gonna score touchdowns here and yeah, uh, i think like, kirk is a good bet yeah yeah zay jones uh is day-to-day but did he did he re-injure the same knee like i haven't seen if that's I believe, what happened I, but... I, I saw i think it was a knee i don't know that's a good question if it was i don't know the if same it's the knee. same but if it is like it's hard to see him suit up so right now i have him out but uh, I think you're alluding to that. Uh, even if he comes back, I, I don't think he's going to return to that role where he's pushing Kirk off the field in two wide receiver sets. Um, like at this point, I, yeah, Kirk will probably play in two wide receiver sets going forward. And that was my concern when Zay Jones would come back. But uh, at this point, yeah, Kirk's playing too well. And that we, we saw that kind of uh, already happen in the preseason. That's why I was kind of worried about Kirk heading into the season then week one. Kirk wasn't playing in two wide receiver sets and then Zay Jones gets hurt and he is, but at this point, Kirk has got to stay on the field. So yeah, I agree. I think going forward, Kirk's going to be a 90% plus routes run guy going forward and he's playing well. So yeah, he's, he's back inside my top 20 going forward. Yeah. And he's, he's out playing Calvin Ridley, which is yeah, yeah. also interesting. Oh shit. <laughs> but really did have a good game. Yeah, uh, but well, you talked about that. We talked about that on the pod, but, on the uh, on the night shift pod, actually. Yeah, but Kirk's been consistently good every week, yep. whereas yep. Ridley's been kind of scattered. Yeah, yeah, it's been it's been touch and go at Ridley a little bit. Actually, I dubbed both of them uh, inside my top twenty. Ridley's wide receiver nineteen, um, so it's not hmm. 
he's not like too far down, but um, I do think the matchup is, is better for mm. uh, for Kirk here. Who are you low on? I'm low on uh, Devonta Smith. Um, ECR has him wide receiver 13. I, again, I don't know if that's just people recycling last week's ranks, um, but I have him down to wide receiver 25. Uh, just cause, this is a tougher matchup, obviously, against the Jets, but. Um, you know, he's really seen his target share take a hit. Um, uh, just the last four games, he's been seeing a target on 15% of his routes. You know, part of that's just AJ Brown seeing a massive target share. <laughs> um, and Dallas Goddard finally, you know, getting more involved in the offense. But we've also started to see DeAndre Swift, uh, get more involved in terms of the passing game. Last game, yep. he had six targets. So, that's something that's going to eat into all these guys' uh, target share. But it looks like Devonta Smith is really taking a hit. Now, granted, he's really talented. He'll catch an 80-yard touchdown to start the game, and I'll have egg on my face. But at least to start the week, we have to ding his projection at some point. So, again, he's more of like a really high-end wide receiver three for me than just like the fringe wide receiver one I typically have him. Uh, just because something's got to give here. Like, we really need to see a big game from him. We need to see the target share go up. Uh, so as of now, with the tough matchup, uh, I'm moving him down just a bit. Yeah, he's a squeaky wheel. Um, but, you know, if, like, I, so I, I actually adjusted him up for a squeaky wheel, and uh, he's my wide receiver 25. But before oh, <laughs> before adjusting him up, he was like my wide receiver like 38 or something. Like he was, yeah, he was, yeah. he was fringe <laughs> wide receiver three, you know, because like targets per route is a very like stable metric. Like, you know, now we're, we have, most guys have like over 100 routes um, on this, you know, most starters have over 100 routes run this right. season. Um, so you're starting to really, you know, you're using most of, you know the 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 number and, and not as much regression or priors or anything like that anymore. So um, that it is a concern, but we've seen this, you know, with the Eagles. You know, when anytime somebody g- is a squeaky wheel, they 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 probably are going to get get uh, get fed. So I wouldn't be surprised. So that's why I did I did bump it back up. But even with that, you know, it's still I'm only projecting Hertz for like 240 passing yards. It's not like a yeah a, you know smash spot or anything. So. Um, yeah, I, I think uh, I think Smith is like you said. He's kind of on wait and see mode. Like you're, st- you're still starting him as like a low end wide receiver yeah. too. But I, I'm sure there are some people that have like deep squads at wide receiver that right. might be able to you know bench him. But um, and he's, know, wide receiver 25. It's not. Yeah, yeah. exactly. He, he's due, like you're alluding to. Um, I, I think his target rate on the season is like 17. percent Um, so. I'm not using that. Like, I think that's probably his floor. I think that going into the season, I had his projected target rate like 23% of his routes run. So I'm using like 20 and a half now. If we want to go like under the hood, like how much much we're kind of factoring in the the in-season data, uh, I I think he's obviously going to rebound. So I have his his projected target rate like this week and going forward closer to like 20 and a half percent. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see Smith, and uh, I'll have him uh, in the prop coming up as well. So uh, the guy I'm low on first, though, is Terry McLaurin, and he is the wide receiver 23 in ECR. I have him uh, round wide receiver 40. Uh, you know, Atlanta is not hasn't been great in past defense, but they are number five in DVOA against number one receivers. They do have A.J. Terrell. Uh, and McLaurin hasn't topped an 85% route participation rate this year. He, most years, most games, he's 
upwards of 90, 95%. So, you know, under Eric Bieniemy, he's kind of checking out of the game a little bit more. And he's also averaging a career low in targets per game at 6.2 and targets per route run at 16%. So he's kind of been, you know, just like a, almost like an even split with John Dotson and Curtis Samuel. None of these guys are really standing out on a week to week basis. So, um, you know, I don't, I don't think McLaurin should be ranked quite this high, you know, in this wide receiver two range. I think he's more of like a fringe start uh, this week, especially because Atlanta, you know, they could be, they could end up going run heavy. I know they threw the ball around last week, but they could end up going run heavy and limit the the play volume. So there's a lot of different ways that this could go wrong and it's not a a great matchup. So Terry McLaurin uh, for me. Yeah, I have him uh, wide receiver 38. So I'm way low as well. Um, I lost two weeks in a row. I, I was attacking his unders and his props and he was clearing them. So I gave up last week and he finished under both. I think, I guess I'm just waiting for Jahan Dotson to finally break out. It hasn't happened yet, but I mean, when he does, it's going to come at the expense of uh, McCorn. Yeah, it's just it's just a different offense, and it's not it's not been necessarily bad. You know, I mean, Howell's making some mistakes, but it's just it's a little more spread around, and you know, Logan Thomas is more involved as well. So, um, just kind of a, more of an even split uh, with the target share this year for Washington, but. Uh, the prop. It's we got another. Let's go another uh, oh. versus here. So, nice. you know, you're high in Addison, you're low on Devonte Smith, and you know, I think uh, in terms of the expert consensus, there, you know, people are higher on Smith. But you know, you and I both kind of have Smith as as a fringe wide receiver two, maybe wide receiver three this week, uh, especially in you know. 10 teamers things like that so i'm gonna go receiving yards addison versus smith and i'll make addison the favorite so addison minus a, a half a yard oh man yeah i i have um separated by two i have addison with two more yards but i'll <laughs> put uh my money where my mouth is i think you should start addison over smith okay. so i'll take addison here but that's obviously a close prop i, I think he probably has the higher floor uh between the two just because there's not as many uh, weapons in that offense. Um, whereas Devontae has to deal with AJ Brown, Dallas Goddard, and now Swift. So I think, uh, yeah, I'm going to go with Addison here. If there were ever a week to finally go all in on Addison, it's this one. Yeah, it's it's tricky because, you know, it's like I said, it's, you do have the risk of that squeaky wheel uh, for yeah, Philly. Yeah, Devontae Smith um, is a friggin' amazing wide receiver, yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, and then, but, and then we, you know, with Addison, it's like, oh man, like he's. He could be the wide receiver one this week, so yeah, it's a it's an interesting yeah. one. But um, yeah, uh, I have him pretty pretty similarly projected as well in terms of the yardage. So I was interested to see where you went with that. More memories are made when you're there for live NFL action, and when you need tickets, our friends at Ticketmaster have got you covered as the official marketplace of the NFL. Ticketmaster gives you more ways to find your perfect seat. Their interactive seat map gives you 360-degree previews of your section to make sure that you have the best view 
of all of those pivotal plays. And if your plans change, Ticketmaster gives you more flexibility to sell or transfer your tickets. Plus, mobile tickets make getting in on game day a breeze. And you can even customize your Ticketmaster app to rep your favorite team's colors. Find tickets today at Ticketmaster.com slash NFL. All right, Sean, let's close it up with tight end. Who you got in the top five? Uh, so I got Travis Kelsey, TJ Hawkinson, Mark Andrews, Evan Ingram, and Darren Waller. Uh, I got, yeah, Kelsey, Hawkinson, Andrews, uh, Kittle, and Laporta. Although if there were a week where TJ Hawkinson yeah. might leapfrog Travis Kelsey, it would be this week. <laughs> yeah, he's having kind of a rough go at it. He's not, not the greatest... Uh, not the greatest season for him, just some drops and just some, some uneven play from him. But yeah, could be a, could be a smash spot. But like you said, we don't know what the Vikings are going to do. Are they going to run more? Are they going to just yeah. throw to Hawkinson? Is it going to be Addison? I know KJ Osborne's taking over the, the Jefferson role. It's, it's, so it's, it's going to be interesting. You got Cam Akers now as well. So you could go yeah. run heavier and just kind of lean on the two backs. Uh, so a lot of right. question marks with this Viking offense, uh, but yeah, I think Hawkinson. Also, what? What's up? The the Chiefs might not need Travis Kelsey to get, you know, seven, eight catches this week to win, yeah. and he's dealing with the ankle injury. So could be a week where, you know, Kelsey's more of a decoy. Uh, all I'm saying, this is the closest it's ever been between Kelsey and anybody else in quite some time for me. Yeah, Kelsey, you know, Kelsey's not playing a full complement of snaps these days. I mean, some, some of it is just blowouts, and he was coming back off the injury. He did practice on uh, Tuesday, but, um, yeah, it's... It's uh, it's a game where he could play, you know, especially with the short rest. He he might not play yeah. a full full complement of snaps again. Uh, who are you high on? Uh, I'm high on Cole Komet, who's finally in my top ten. I I guess I'm late to the game. Uh, he has been playing lights out this year. Uh, only future Hall of Famer Sam Laporta has more fancy points <laughs> than Cole Komet after five weeks. So you know, Cole Komet's the tight end two right now. Um, and it's mainly due to just, he's just seeing a healthy target rate. You know, he has three games with a target rate of 20% or greater. And, you know, while the bears don't really throw much, there isn't that much volume to go around. It, it really is just going through DJ Moore and Cole Komet right now. Like they are the passing game. Um, so he just has a nice, you know, floor ceiling combo for a tight end. Um, and yeah, like usually I'm, I'm pretty low on him, but right now just all the underlying data, um are going commit's way and plus you know justin fields and the passing offense has been playing better um that you know finally i have cole commit he's inside my top 10 at least to begin the week justin fields is the league leader in touchdown rate through five oh really who saw that coming (laughs) not me uh yeah and a few of those have been to uh commit yeah he's got 11 touchdowns on 152 attempts and uh yeah, wow. Komet's got what three, four, five of those. Let's see. Komet yeah, has... yeah, he has three. And, yeah, three, uh, all in the last two games. Yep, yep. For the longest time, he was uh, fighting touchdown regression. Right, it was like the first year or two he was playing with uh, Jimmy Graham and uh, only had a couple touchdowns despite like a hundred catches or something. But yeah, the the past couple seasons he's been uh, much more prominent in the red zone. Yeah, first two years in the league, he had 88 catches and, and two two touchdowns. Yeah. and then he had seven last year. Now he's got three this year. So yeah, it's it's starting to come yep. come back around. 
I'm high on Zach Ertz. Uh, he is my tight end nine this week. Not too much different. I think ECR has him 10, uh, so not too much. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm pretty much in line with, with most of the ECR, but do like Ertz. The Rams are 30th in DVOA against tight ends. They're above average against all three wide receiver positions, uh, believe it or not. So uh, mm-hmm. this has been a defense that – you know, you kind of can can slice and dice up over the the middle of the field, and you know we saw we've seen the Colts do that. We've, we've seen a number of teams you know go to the tight end against the Rams. They're giving up the third most yards per game to the position at sixty six. The third tied for the third most touchdowns per game uh, at point six or, or three in five games. And uh, Ertz running around on eighty two percent of Josh Dobbs dropbacks, and he has six catches in three of the five games. So, um, you know, he's been. He's been doing his thing and, you know, Trey McBride's kind of been like somewhat of an afterthought here as that number two uh, tight end. Ertz still rolling. So like him, <laughs> great matchup for him this week. Uh, all right. Who are you low on? Uh, I'm low on Dalton Kincaid uh, against the Giants. Now, both Dawson Knox and Kincaid are questionable this week. So, I mean, this is going to be a volatile situation. So this is just more about his long-term value uh, that I'm very concerned about. Just, you know, he, he's pretty much capped at a routes run rate around 65% as long as Knox is healthy. Um, and he's only seeing a target on 13.5% of his routes. And, you know, they're not very fruitful targets. Uh, he has a very low A dot of 4.2, no touchdowns on the season. Um, so at this point, he, he really does need Dawson Knox to miss time to even sniff tight end one value um so he's a guy that you know going into the season you know we liked his upside he definitely had tight end one upside it it looked like the bills were going to use him a lot more but just based on the first five weeks uh it it has not been promising clearly sam laporta was the rookie tight end to target um so yeah he's outside my top 20 right now um and i just don't see that changing anytime soon unless something drastic happens or if Dawson Knox misses time. So I don't know if you're, if you're still hanging on him out there, but there's probably better options um, at least in the short term and potentially long-term. So uh, Kincaid, I have just not been impressed with the first five weeks in terms of his underlying usage. Uh, so he's a guy I'm low on this week and going forward. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't mind, you know, 65% routes. I think that's solid, you know, for a rookie that's solid, but um, yeah, you know, the target rate hasn't been great and they don't have a buy into week 13. A lot of times you see guys yeah. kind of get worked more into the offense, you know, coming off the buy. Now they do have a long rest after week eight. They have, they play Thursday in week eight and then, um, Sunday night in week nine. So, you know, maybe then they, they kind of get him a little bit more involved, but he's in the protocol now. So, he, you know, like I said, yeah. usually guys that go in a protocol just don't play the next week. So, um, yeah, it could be the Quentin Morris show. <laughs> this week oh, for the Bills. It's not and like well you two touchdown favorites against the Giants, so definitely right. not gonna push it. Uh yeah. and you have a divisional game next week against the in Foxborough, which is a little bit more important, even though the Patriots haven't been great either. So uh still I think you rest him if if you know you're not gonna push him to play against a you know intra inter interconference opponent who's you're right. favored by two touchdowns against. Uh I'm low on uh, Dalton Schultz this week. I know he had back, he's had back-to-back pretty solid weeks, caught a touchdown uh, in back-to-back games, but he's facing the Saints. 
this weekend, they've been very good against tight ends. You know, they have great safeties, great linebackers and, and coverage. Uh, they're fifth in DVOA against the position, allowing the third fewest targets per game, just 4.6 to tight ends. Uh, the fewest receptions per game, uh, 2.8. And the fewest receiving yards per game, just under 20. Uh, and that's because New Orleans is playing man coverage at a top five rate. And Dalton Schultz just uh, 0.7 yards per route against man, 1.4 against zone. So just half the uh, productivity when he's running routes against man coverage. So I think this is just a tough matchup for him. And he's likely to come back down to earth here uh, in this in this matchup. All right, what are you doing for the prop? All right, another head-to-head battle here. Uh, who will have more half PPR points this week? Kyle Pitts or Jonu Smith? <laughs> Kyle Pitts actually had a solid game, though he did. I know. <laughs> his uh, his routes participation w- was down to, what, 64%. Uh, but he had his best game. I still – I have him. It's actually close. I have I have yeah. Pitts as my tight end 13 and Smith is my tight end 15. So, yeah, Pitts by 0.6 half PPR points. Uh, so I'll go, I'll go, uh, I'll go Pitts here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I would say that Johnny Smith probably has the higher floor, uh, just because Pitts is just, you know, roller coaster, whereas Smith is just consistently seeing, you know, 65%. Routes run rate. Uh, he's seen over a twenty percent target rate in four straight games. So I just think it's it's weird to think this, but yeah, Jonathan Smith probably has the higher floor. So that's why I'm willing to take this at uh, just even money. Uh, we're, we're doing half PPR, so it's less likely for them to tie, right? So yeah, yeah, I can uh, see it's like just, like yardage where yeah, yeah. yeah um, so just straight up, you get Kyle Pitts, I get Johnu Smith. Yeah, yeah, I'll take exactly. it exactly. Uh, who thought we'd be here? <laughs> Coming I know, into right? Here, right? <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh, man. All right. That is going to do it for our week six NFL player projections episode of the Action Network podcast presented by BetMGM. For more fantasy content from Sean and I, be sure to check out our fantasy preview episode that's out now over on the Fantasy Flex podcast. And if you're into betting, be sure to check out my weekly betting preview episode with Stucky every Thursday right here on this channel and actionnetwork.com for all of our NFL fantasy and betting content, fantasylabs.com for our DFS tools and models. You can follow Sean on X at the underscore oddsmaker. I'm at Chris Raybon, and we're at those same handles on the free award-winning Action Network app. Until next time, let's get this money. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.